0: It's the Jesus and Paula Show, starring Jesus Christ and Paula Price. Tune in as we learn the mind of Christ and thoughts of God.
1: Good evening and welcome to this evening's broadcast of the Jesus and Paula Show, where we just keep going deeper and just keep going Higher, want to kick off by telling you to share, 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 tag your friends, share this with your groups. If you have private or public groups, if you're a prophet or an apostle and you're connected to other groups on social media or other people, tag them message them uh, and let them know that Dr. Paula Price the author of the one and only Prophet's Dictionary at least the first one uh is teaching is something to get uh impartation from the author of something and not just the learner of it. Hey, I am a a disciple. I've studied, I have assimilated, elevated, but there is nothing that compares to the actual author teaching and training so speaking of the prophets dictionary october is prophets month and our sale of the weekend is 10 percent off anything and everything prophetic online you see it right there on your screen 10 percent off on audios books about prophets prophecy and the prophetic our code is always jesus and paula if you don't know what to search for or what's on sale just key that code in every time you shop in the weekend and you'll see what you get, but want to let you know, you don't want to miss out on that sale, that deal shop now for Christmas. Okay. Start now, Uh, buy at the discount for your family, for your friends, and just store up resources that you can send to them at the end of the year. Last weekend was our community prophetic breakfast. My, 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 we're going to have some clips of this in the future so that you can know about the next one that you'll be able to watch virtually online or come here in person. Now the thing about being in person, everybody said there's that after the after show, after the community breakfast this time, Dr. Price said, cause I think she said on the show, I'm going to minister to anybody who wants prophetic ministry, which was practically everybody in the room. And so she stayed for almost three hours after. And nobody moved, though. You notice how unless people had to go pick up their kids, that kind of thing, go to work, nobody moved out of the room. We shifted the room around. Everybody sat around front. Dr. Price just stayed in her seat where she was and one-on-one ministered to people from their seats, set souls free, folk crying, breaking off chains that had been yoked up on us for some people for years and years and years being stuck. And it was powerful. And I don't know about you, but when you're in the room, when that kind of prophetic ministry is going on, somebody else's ministry can break you free as well. And it's like, oh, is that my brother? Is that where I'm stuck? Could it be, Lord? Could it be? And, uh, and and you could see that in the room. It was so powerful. And it was like nothing I've seen her do in a very long time. Just chill. Uh, it wasn't running down the prayer line and boom, 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 boom. It was you and you and you. And I'm going to come back to you and this and that. You don't want to miss it. That's why being in person is still the best way. We've gotten very comfortable. And I know I sound like a broken record every time I say this. We've gotten very comfortable in our world with sitting at home watching from the convenience of our laptop, our cell phone. I'll catch it later. I'll do it ever. And we have devalued, devalued the impact of direct impartation. You can love on somebody through, uh, what is it, FaceTime and, and whatever else where you're screen shooting. But there's something about getting that hug from that person, shaking somebody's hand. And what do we say? It is so nice to meet you face to face. It's different sitting at the table with someone than just watching them online. And you can do that for months or years or talk on the phone. I said this with our publisher, um, Christine Whitaker. She works for our publisher publishing house. And we just connected through Zoom face to face this last year. I said, we have been talking on the phone and emailing since like 2005, And just now for the first time are seeing each other's faces. And it's not until you see somebody's face that you realize you haven't been seeing somebody's face. Or when you finally meet someone in person, you realize there's a whole lot missing. You know, it's like people who have these long distance dating relationships and courtships and whatnot. And never spend any time together, like in the same proximity and vicinity for any extended period of time before they get married. You could be in for a very interesting awakening. I'm just going to say interesting because it doesn't have to be rude. It could just be interesting. Awakening when you are sharing the same literal space with that person instead of the the limitations of media, uh, your media connection. And so make it your business to be here. We're going to go to the Apostolic Summit in just a moment, a few moments. Uh, But we don't broadcast the summit. Maybe a t- uh, we're going to have a few sessions available post-event that we'll release for sale. Nothing compared to being here in person. Everybody has said it. Everybody who's watched online and followed for a long time or a short amount of time, when they come here, they say, this is nothing like what I thought. Because, see, we go live at the point of it's time to teach, even for church. Oh, but what happens in this house before the cameras come on? And oftentimes, like this Sunday, after they go off, oh, please, after church this Sunday, the leaders, we ended up, we were on the floor, on that platform, looking like a human pretzel by the time God was done with us this last Sunday. And and, and the people, there were people who stayed in the sanctuary. I mean, God touching them, breaking out, folk crying, laid out on the floor, prophesying, hurled over, hollering onto his throne, or just sitting there being still and being quiet. Do not allow yourself to be convinced that it's okay and it's enough to watch from afar. This Friday, which would be tomorrow. Praise the Lord. We are back to the basics live in person only. We're combining the adult and youth, and we're going to tackle some of these issues dealing with witchcraft, Halloween, uh, whatever, because it is the month of October. I said on my show yesterday, Apostle of the Future, that uh, you could tell how much ground the church has lost because Halloween has gone from being a holiday to being a season. And see, we need to wake up and realize what that means. That used to be a day, right? You got your day. It used to be a half day. It used to be a night. You go trick-or-treating at night, and then somebody woke up and realized that might not be safe anymore. So then it was trick-or-treating in the afternoon. School was cut to a half day, so you could go trick-or-treating, talk to strangers, and do everything you're taught not to do. The other 364 days out of the year, I want you to know, eat more sugar. Every You could tell it's a devil when everything about it is against everything you're taught to protect yourself and preserve your life. Be yourself. Nope, Halloween, you're going to dress up like somebody else. Don't talk to strangers. Actually, go up to as many strangers as possible. Never take anything from a stranger. Take everything they give you. Don't eat junk food. It's terrible for you to rot your teeth. Have as much junk as you possibly can in one day. And adults, see, when they realize that they could tap into adults with Halloween, you know how much alcohol is sold for Halloween parties? Woo! It's like frat sorority life relived in one night. The things that adults do to themselves Halloween night. On top of what they do to kids and everything else under the sun. We are going to address something of that nature tomorrow night and back to the basics. Prophet Tamira and I will be tag teaming, and it's going to be a fantastic time. If you're a member of the Congregation of the Mighty, if you're not a member of the Congregation of the Mighty, come on out to the embassy and join us for back to the basics because we're going to go to the basics of something tomorrow. Also, on next Friday, October 28th, we're going to have our actual first for sure in this house, but in general, worship night, worship concert, fresh off the altar, worship night. That title is an old title way back, like 16, 18, 20 years ago, when we were um, talking about recording an album, many people have approached us over the years about recording. It's never been the right time. You've got to know something can't just be a good idea. It has to be in God's timing, and uh, fresh off the altar was the name that Doctor Price had given. I thought, you know what? That's a great. That's a great way to reintroduce that for our worship night. So, fresh off the altar, you saw there the picture was up. You saw uh, everybody falling out pictures, and it'll be myself, Prophet Tamira, Apostle Sally leading. I'm I'm working on roping in some community people. It's a very busy night that night, uh, roping in some of the people in our community as well to come and join. If you have ever been in one of our praise and worship sessions, then you know God goes for broke there. And you want to be here? It will not be streamed. It will not be broadcast because things are different with God when the cameras are off. We've seen him break out in ways that he that he seems to be more conservative sometimes, or or sometimes even when you're out there ministering, you're more you're just different when you know all this is going on, and so it's in house. So we want you to be in house. We might show clips of it later, excerpts of it later, but what God is going to do, we want Him to be free to do without any concern about anything else. So you want to show up right here at the embassy, 7 p.m. next Friday, the 28th, for Fresh Off the Altar. Hey, listen, Dr. Price might get up there and do what she does. I mean, you know. You know when she gets fired up. It is over. Okay, so that is that is uh, concluding Prophets Month activities. Very busy this month for the Lord. Nice variety, wonderful activities. Super excited about that. Um, now, Apostolic Summit is coming up. It's right around the corner. Our theme is Apostles Shift Eras to Save Nations. You gotta shift the era. I said to Dr. Price yesterday, we were coming back from Oklahoma City for a meeting, and I said, you know, you really are a paradigm shifter. When people think of like a Smith Wigglesworth, he didn't just drop some thoughts. He shifted a paradigm. And so it's more, I said you're doing more than dropping a revelation, which is why she hasn't, uh, you know, skyrocketed to that level of fame and notoriety at the pace that other people have. I said, because you have more than a message. You have more than a revelation. You have more than one book in you. You are carrying the shift. And this shift is laying that found, relaying that foundation, tearing down what is rebuilding. You don't build monumental institutions overnight. You don't have prefab eras in God. And that's kind of what we've moved into is the prefab. Well, what can I get? How can we, what, what, you know, what, what kind of anointing can I get that's been prefabricated uh, in somebody's, uh, you know, ministerial warehouse to where I can just go and, you know, Elder Aaron, have them lay hands on me in the name of Jesus, and I'm going to walk out and I'm going to be just like Prophet Angela. I'm going to be just like Dr. Rice. I'm going to be just like whatever. No, that's nowhere in God's kingdom. Nowhere. Nowhere. So we're going to replay something that we played a while ago. It was it was a clip that I did on how or why apostles and prophets save nations. And then we're going to go, roll right to the Apostolic Summit commercial, tying the two together. So you understand what we are doing here. Apostles and prophets are about kingdom and kingdom is not a glorified name for church. And that's kind of what we made it. We say kingdom, people still think church or they'll think business, but don't think politics. Don't think all those other arenas where you have to get your hands dirty in order for God to win. So we'll be right back after these segments. Hello, welcome to the Apostles Acumen. I'm Apostle Ashley Clater. And today we're going to highlight a very interesting piece about Apostles and Prophets. Apostles and Prophets historically saved nations. Now I know we have regulated these offices down to the church and what they do for the church and the church regulating them. But according to scripture, these two offices, and we teach this at Price University, these two offices predate the church, that is scripture, That is fact. So they are national offices before they are ecclesial offices. Very, very, very important thing to know, especially right now. Now, I want to challenge you to go back through Scripture and look at how, especially, of course, in the Old Testament, the prophets were used with kings in wars to deliver nations, to defeat armies, prophets, strategy, insight, wisdom. All of that from the prophet's mantle, Moses being the apostle's prototype, establishing God's government for his nation, not for the modern church that we have today as we know it. Apostles and prophets are intrinsic and intricately woven into the nations of the planet. I have here a picture on the screen of a Global Flags so that we can get the image here of what we're talking about. Go back through scripture and look at the the prophets for God and not for God. The prophets of Baal were about preserving the nations in which Baal was over. The prophets of Jehovah, of Yahweh, were for his nation. Balaam, I mean, the list goes on. The battle of the prophets in the Old Testament, the apostles in the New Testament, who were what? Going to kings, heads of state, Heads of nations, as we will call all the titles that we use now. That's where the apostles were going then. So they were, as they were building out the church and that was happening, they were dealing with the heads of nations. They were dealing with the uh, other apostles and the prophets throughout time, dealing with laws, how they were made addressing who was righteous and unrighteous what they were going to do to the nation how they were going to either deliver it or throw it into bondage how they were how a leader was going to push a nation toward the lord or draw them away from god and the judgments that came thereof so we really have to get it out of our minds that the apostle and prophet's role is to stay in the church and to play it safe we've seen over the last five years for sure, how many of these two officers have played it safe, retracted on what God had told them to say when the pressure was turned up by the church. We are not governed by the church. We are not established by the church. These are the top two offices, just like the federal government is not governed by the local government. That's not how any of this works. And we need to get back into our places as apostles and prophets get into our seats of leadership in our communities. So when God downloads to us a vision or a plan or a strategy, it's not for us to just write in our journal. It's to actually go to our seat of authority and make it happen. It is not enough to have power in the spirit. We need to have power in the natural. It's not enough for us to just uh, take the time to war in the spirit realm without coming and stepping back into the natural realm and executing it through an official office or an official station, whether that's in your business, in politics, in ministry, in teaching, in the music industry, wherever you're called to be. It's time to work, war, and pray without ceasing. But it's not just time to pray alone and hide in our prayer closet, but to get out of our prayer closet and remember that historically, apostles and prophets saved nations. And there you have it. Apostles and prophets save nations. Nothing has changed, people. Nothing has changed. We say that, you know, God, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I mean, that's what he says. Uh, And we champion that until it's time to actually return to or stick with what he has already done and now we're going to take a quick sneak peek about our apostolic summit which is right around the corner i need more time i feel like we need more time how did we get here so quickly it's almost november but we'll be right back after this message I know where I'm going to be in November. How about you? (laughs) Oh, I am so excited. And each speaker is going to be speaking on how that theme applies to their sphere of influence or leadership. That was that was what Dr. Price gave. We actually don't even have specific. Okay, this is your topic. This is my topic. It's how does this topic relate? So I will be connecting Apostles in shifting eras to save nations to being an apostle of the future and this generation, and I'm sure young people as well, uh, depicting and instructing on how you, as leaders, parents, instructors can prepare your young people for what lies ahead for them in the future. It's often a people group that we have that is often overlooked in the strategies for we're thinking about business, aren't we? We think about church. We're thinking about our communities and everything. But oftentimes we skip over the family unit, preparing the family unit for what's because honestly, all the leaders are coming out of somebody's family. The people that we want to use are coming out of somebody's home, whether it's the standard nuclear family. If you're in, you know, a child who is a ward of the state, uh, wherever they may be, still, ultimately, that is who we're going to be leaning on next for God's future with us. Who are we raising up? How can we raise up a young generation that is fierce? I am so proud of our teenagers. I got to say, I got to brag for just a minute. Our teenagers at the Congregation of the Mighty Really digging down, drilling down into their identity in Christ. Rachel, who is our prophet in training, one of our prophets in training, oversees Sunday school. And she is always in my stead when I'm off with Chief Apostle Dr. Price, which is more and more these days, and is working with them in their academia. Now, she had this experience before she came to Tulsa. That's why she's being used, utilized in this way with our teens but is connecting their sunday school which is their drill so each week or season they're going through the drills they have worksheets activities how this how this takes shape in you how you are to become our dunamite drills and we don't just don't leave that with the adults but also the teens and now tying that to wednesday nights so we're in an intensive review of genesis through judges because that's what we've gone through and uh how i have these worksheets that i found and all kinds of things online and whatnot And um, Sade, who is also one of our other PITs, she is doing her tour of duty with the young folks. See, before we unleash you on the adults, we need to know that you can work with the youngins. We need to know because this we you in any ministry, you work your way up to adult ministry as well. And so she is also teamed up with them as another prophet in training, because this is how we raise up our ministers in training is do you care about the youngest ones? Not hogging the glory, not the fame, not the mic, not out front. But do you care about the littles in God's kingdom? Because it's for sure he does. And so they've teamed up together, creating activities and worksheets and imparting wisdom and going through it. So now they're working on the, what did you say, the priesthood. And they are stuck on this priesthood. I mean, like, good stuck, interested. Well, so are you saying that that means that we and how? And and so uh, my mom is now a resident of the Purifoy household. All right. She, so she has a new grandson in Lincoln. You know, Lincoln is the, he is the grandma who is your mother. And then my mother, who's probably great grandma at this point, cause she was 75. And so she said that he was up this morning knocking on grandma's door at seven thirty, talking about, I need your prophet's dictionary because I need to look up what these colors of the ephod mean. I said, well, come through son, come on through. Cause he's a youth cause his mom is a teacher and the kids have to stay with their parents. And so He is, trust me, taking the lead, uh, one of our young leaders with these teenagers, and just really digging in. So they are so excited about this, and I am thrilled about it because we have got to dispel the myth that young people don't care. What they don't want to be is bored, and they don't want to have their time wasted, and that's pretty much everybody under the sun. But teaching the word as it is, is very interesting. I mean, we've gone through how many wars in Genesis to Judges? How many folk died? How many people got married? How much money? How many billions of dollars have we moved through between Abraham and and everybody else? I said, no, Abraham was like the billionaire in the realm. I mean, he was as much as he had. If that was today, he'd be a billionaire, a kingmaker is what we call him now. And so that's who he was. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, we come on my drama degree. I mean, we play it out. It is dramatized, word of God, okay, and making it real to them. And so uh, their interest and, and going through all of this for the last year, because, you know, you have to put the time in with everybody, adults, teens, And let the word dig and dig and dig and dig and dig. Trees are like in the ground for a long time. Then they're little saplings. Then they turn into something bigger and bigger and bigger. And by the time you get fruit off of it, it's not five seconds after you drop the seed into the ground. It's seasons go by before, which is years, before you can have viable fruit that you can consume and then market, sell, and multiply and so you have to be in it for the long haul in developing people and uh, and so i'm super excited about that and and just very proud of our young people and their parents because you cannot do this without the home reinforcement. And so it, it's, a, it's a team effort. We do our job here. Parents do their job with their kids, with their teens, with their young people. And together it all works. We had prayer. Uh, we pray on Friday nights, the apostles and prophets with Dr. Price. And one of our littles in the church, he comes up to me because his mom was helping set up for the prophets community breakfast. And she said uh, he said, Well, Apostle Ashley, what's going on in there? So he's trying to see around me what's going on in the room in the sanctuary. I said, Well, we're about to pray. Well, I mean, can I come in? And I said, Well, all right, sir. So I said, because he's what? How old is he? Eight? Seven? He's the older one. He's the older one. Six, six, seven, something like that. Eh, anyway. He well, he's little, so you're not sure how, because, you know, when they're tiny, you want to always age them down. But anyway, and so he he was telling me, well, we have some tiny ones in the church. And you're like, what is he, five? And you're like, he's almost nine. Oh, well, no wonder he speaks so maturely. Uh, <laughs> and so he, he was like, well, I want to come in. And I said, well, this is actually for the apostles and prophets. And you know what this little kid said to me? I told his parents. They cracked up. I said, he said, well, I'm a prophet my dad says I'm a prophet. I said, well, that's true. You will be, but you need to be older. Well, how old? Like 16 when I'm 16, will I be old enough to come into the adult apostles and prophets prayer? I said, well, you need to go through the prophets training program. You have to graduate. You have to do really well, you know, after everything else. And then, then you would probably qualify. He says, Oh, so you're talking like, I need to be like 200 years old. (laughs) keep a straight face. I said, well, probably not 200, probably more like 25 in order to get in there. He was like, oh, in essence, you're useless. You were, you were my end. He goes off to do what he was going to do. He's like, you haven't helped me at all. Apostle Ashley walked off and I hollered later. I thought that is the funniest thing I think I have. So these young people When you, as a parent, you cannot underestimate your influence. Speaking the identity into your children, there's no such thing as too young. No such thing. In the womb, in the crib, in the stroller. By the time, so when we're talking about this six or seven-year-old, talking about I'm a prophet, my dad says I'm a prophet. Well, (laughs) and you know what? I said, well, you are called to be a prophet. However, I had to think fast because you have to think quickly. To encourage, but settle. Uh, uh, Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) I love our children. I love our young people, but I love their parents because they are doing all of that foundation work and that reinforcement. Now, also, what we are adding this year is the colloquium. The colloquium. Would you like to colloquium with us? It's just such a cool word. I had to look it up. I was like, what's a colloquium? Okay. You know, you know, I know words, but I didn't know that one. Okay, so you can see her are you screen in on your screen here. The question is, question is, oh, what happened to my thing? Lord. Oh, Elder Aaron, he's he's tuning up. He's We call him Elder Winans. Oh, wait, okay, wait, put it back up there. I'm sorry, put it back up. I got to focus on tonight's show. Okay, all right, Colloquium. Are you looking to build a strong apostolic prophetic ministry or organization? Join us in November for an exclusive leadership academy designed to help leaders shift, change, and transform. Shift, change, and transform the foundation of their organization inquire let us know uh if you are interested in this it's three days because it's offered virtually as well we said it will be offered virtually if you are not able to be in Tulsa or in person if we have enough people locally in person um to become a part of this shift change and transform now here let me lean in and tell you that If you want to be a part of this colloquium, what that means is you must be ready to shift. (laughs) You must be ready to change things about your organization. Because, see, you can come to these kind of things and actually want to hold on to everything you do the way you're doing it and not realize you're coming to change that. People want to know, Dr. Price, I mean, the model that you have for your ministry is just fantastic. How in the world have you done all these things? How did you get your people to become these people? What what must I do to be safe? What must I do to be empowered, to be changed? One of the things Dr. Price teaches leaders is that she challenges them, are you leading your people or are you just bossing your people? Because some people think that they're leading and training and they're just bossing and yelling. And then fussing and fuming. Whenever I train armor bearers in attendance, I also like to train the leader. Kind of like when they train puppies and dogs, you have to bring in the owners at some point as well to reinforce that training. Because most leaders think that they are leading when, in fact, some of them are not. They're telling. Well, I told them and I told them and I recently said to somebody how many hours and years of training Dr. Price put in. She would train us every Sunday after church we be in restaurants all over town. This is how we know them all, because at that time we were in a hotel, and that didn't stop her, and we would train, set up the projector. You remember the projector in the restaurant, Steve? Bless the Lord, PowerPoint, projector, and make it work on the sideway, on the wall. Do you have, a, I mean, we were moving in to their spare room or their meeting room space in these restaurants to train and develop, and all of that Impartation and instruction in development is evident in who we are now. We did not pop out like this. Now, we were great raw material. Emphasis, there's a witness over here. There's an emphasis on raw. Raw, you want to find that good piece of raw meat for your roast or if you're barbecuing or something. But guess what? You can't do with it raw consume it. Thank you. You can't eat it. You can't share it. You cannot benefit from the nutrients. In fact, in that state, it'll probably kill you uh, instead of help you out. And you have got to season it properly, cook it properly in the right temperature, in the right environment, with the right coverings, maybe the right juices, so it doesn't dry out. And You can't leave it out or it'll spoil. You can't freeze it or it won't cook properly frozen. Nothing cooks properly frozen. And And all those things, even whenever you put them in pressure cookers now, they still cook better once before, you know, when they're thawed before you put them under the pressure. Man, that's a thought all by itself. Selah. so we just want to, now we just want to pressure cook the world. And pressure cooking doesn't work for everything. I know they market that it does, uh, but some things are still best in that slow cook in the oven. Come on through. Anybody know? You just uh, got to put it in and set it on 300, which is almost nothing. 300 is like it's on. And you have to walk away for nine hours and go do something else while it just slow cooking. The juices are released. You know, I love cooking and the juices are released and it's wonderful. And even though that pressure cooker is faster and it does expedite and when you're busy, that's often what you need to do. But there's something about that slow roast falls off the bone and you're like, oh, and the house just smells glorious. It's a different kind of meal. It really is. And with training and development, sometimes you got to jump in the crockpot and not the pressure cooker. We just want to just get me there now, God. Just we, we know what kind of student we're going to have. And, and the, the lead people here overprice you, the prophet and uh, chief and assistant chief over here. We know what kind. Based, when they ask the question, well, I mean, how long do I have to be in school before I can be ready? Uh, you won't be in school long anyway, even if you enroll, because you're ready to quit now. Before you begin, (laughs) you're going to despise the process because you despise the process. Now you're going to despise it. You're going to be annoyed with it. You're going to wait until the last minute. You're going to try and force us to change our standards for your opinion that um, didn't work for your life, which is probably why you're here and then try and get us to become you. And that's that's not why you came here. And, and so the colloquium is for those leaders who are tired of maybe hitting your head against the same brick wall, frustrated, maybe you have never had the resources. How about this? How many leaders are just thrown into position? <clears throat> no training, no real development, just a word, a word. I got a word from God. And how's that working out for you? Not well at all. Right. So register for the colloquium and uh, inquire with us about this. Um, We'll have the links and everything in the description of tonight's show so that you can just click on it right from there and let us know. But do something different. If you want something different, you've got to do something differently. If you want a different result, you know, if like if you're always late to work. You have to change that. Leave earlier, wake up sooner, take a different route. Sometimes, I mean, there could be a host of things where you're like, this should be working, but it's not. See, at one point you have to stop. As Chief Taught is just you should stop shooting. We're shooting. You see, I remember that. We're shooting again, aren't we? Well, this should be working. We're shooting. It is notting. <laughs> it's not working. We're dealing with what is. drives Dr. Price up the wall. When somebody's like, well, that shouldn't be and it's not and it's not like one of those really I have to go see why it's well you're saying something that just shouldn't be and I'm just going to stand here and look at you i'm telling you that it is it is though stop shooting and start doing. (laughs) And so come with us, come on here in November. And yes, it's not free. So um, yes, it will be in addition to your event registration, should you uh, join us on in the colloquium, because this wisdom is not free that Dr. Price has acquired. This property is not free that we are residing in this ministry broadcasts are not free. I know social media like to, to think it's free, but everything it takes to get to social media is not free, if nothing else, but the phone account, we have lights, cameras, and action in this studio. None of that is free. And so you want to invest because there's something about when you invest in what you have, don't you protect it more? You spend the money when when somebody gives you a car, there's a, a, a appreciation for it. But when you're paying for your car, don't you don't eat that popcorn in my car? What do you all of a sudden, why are you leaning on my car? now somebody actually putting their hand on the side is not going to it better not hurt your car what you do you, you what you what someone and and all of a sudden it's very different once you're paying for it and when you invest in something you are very protective of your investment more than a gift you can value a gift you can love a gift if it's cherished then uh, mostly people will give their cherished things to those that they know are protective of that because they know that person didn't invest in it but they're going to treat it like they did. And so uh, you want to be that type of person. So we charge for these high things. This is high level education. This is not cheap to uh, achieve and you should want to invest just like in any kind of training academy. You see the word academy. This is schooling. This is not over the camera, social media platform. Just watch on my website. The level, the depths The depths in which Dr. Price can teach is deep. (laughs) The depth is deep. It is not a puddle. It is not a puddle. It is not a, a wading pool. It is not even a deep diving pool. Oh, no, it's the deep end of the ocean. You know, the ocean goes down for miles in certain parts. The pressure under that water can crush a person. That's how deep it goes. There are mountains. The highest mountains on the planet are under water, not necessarily on top of. Now that's saying something. That is deep. So deep calleth unto deep. I mean, she can go and go and go and go and go and go and go, and, go. and if and is still going. I mean, the revelation that she's getting on her own revelation. When we were going back and forth to Oklahoma City, she was sharing some things, and I was like, huh. So that's the revelation of your revelation, that's producing your next level of revelation. We're not ready, <laughs> but we're going deep, deep. And and <laughs> I mean, and and it's it yeah we it's deep calling on to deep. And when somebody goes deep, oh no 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 no, I just you know what that's ooh that's that's the ooh I don't know if I'm ready for that. I, I mean, we've been in the shallow end of the kingdom so long, we don't even think there is a depth in God. And depth and conv- convolution are not the same thing. Like we've heard a lot of convolution. In the kingdom, we've heard a, a lot of articulation and it just astounding presentation, mm. presentation, second to none, LED screens and and smoke and mirrors, literally, and microphones and people and big names in the kingdom. And you know what you walk away with realizing?
0: Anything, anything.
1: I didn't get much, though. Mm-mm. I've talked to people who have said that I used to go to so-and-so's conference, you know, big name in the kingdom, so-and-so every year. And then I realized once, you know, I met Dr. Price and whatnot. I said, I'm not getting anything from that other person. But a good time. Good time. Great time in God. Wonderful fellowship. Amazing praise and worship. Good preaching. Not much depth at all, if any. And so uh, without further ado, we're going to take a quick 10 second something. And or 30 second and shift to Dr. Paula Price. She is. She she said she is, and she said me. So get your seatbelts ready, buckle in, make sure you share, share, share while we're on this break, and we'll be right back with our one and only chief apostle, Dr. Paula A. Price. Introducing Soul Call Fridays with Dr. Price. Taking your soul from distress to success. One person at a time.
0: Tune in every Friday on Facebook or YouTube. I'm back. (laughs) It's me. I'm back as me. I'm excited about today. You know, we've been on a journey, and the journey that I really love is the one about the prophets. One of the reasons I'm making a big deal about the prophets is that... um, Am I loud enough? One of the reasons I'm making a big deal about the prophets is, is uh, twofold. Number one, the church is trying to crush what founded it. And so that's the first thing you I want to, to cover. And the second one is we got all of these false line apostles popping up on, who man. failed as prophets. Who failed as prophets. See, I'm okay if you say, when they say the Lord is elevating me, I'm saying from where to where. And so, you know, I've watched them. I've got quite a bit, but I'm gonna give you a tip. This is a free tip from Dr. Price today. When somebody tells you I'm being elevated as an apostle, don't take it at face value. I want you to go and ask for their resume, ask for their bio, ask for who elevated them, get the pedigree of the people who are elevating them, get the credentials of those who are elevating them, because if they want you to, to reverence them, they want you to respect them. That's one way they can earn your respect coming out the gate. So I'm just telling you, because you all, I mean, we are in a season now, especially in the, you know, the non-denom independent churches where we we really think anything goes. My concern, I don't really care about them jumping in and jumping out, quantum leaping through offices. I don't really care. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Quantum. But these are these are quantum leapers, okay? They just leap from I'm, I late leap from one fivefold to the other fivefold, and you know the quantum guy he didn't come in the right way. He came in the way Jesus condemns, not by the door. Uh-huh. He broke through the time-space continuum in other areas. And sometimes he broke through as a little kid. Sometimes he broke broke through as an animal. Sometimes he broke through as a trader, as a leader. It didn't matter. But this is quantum leaping. I'm telling you, God is getting ready to change his church. And you don't want to be on the wrong side of his restoration or correction. So I'm going to tell you something that's very important. So these people, who and they, they still sound like prophets. They still act like prophets office there's no more power no more signs wonders education intelligence there's nothing to say they did anything but quantum leaped into that office you know that was like skip to malu okay <laughs> now why am i telling you because god is doing a new thing and you're going to fight the new thing because they're still doing the trash of the old way And we want you to benefit from the new thing that God is doing. We want you to benefit from God's future. Our our event this year is emphasizing God's future. Where are you in it and what is it going to be? Are you ready for God's future? Because these people are still doing the same old thing. I know they can't get you into God's future. I know it factually. I know it actually. I know that statistically, but I also know that Know it literally, I have it documented. A lot of these people, whether it's watching so-and-so, I've been around 40 years. So you realize I got a lot of people I know. Now, the reason this is important is because God is doing a new thing. And God wants you to be in the new thing. So you start asking for credentials. Who did you come from? Where did you come from? What is the pedigree of where you came from? How did you get from there to here? How come you're not still with thus and what? you It's your soul. It's your calling. It's your family's well-being. It is your career success. It is your, your kingdom duty to know who's laboring among you. That's Bible. Right. You are supposed to know these people. They aren't supposed to just jump in and jump out. Many people don't know there are two types of apostles or commissioning. You know when you come in November, I'll tell you about that. <laughs> <laughs> but stop accepting people at face value. You don't accept a doctor at face value. No, no. You don't accept an attorney. You won't accept a nail tech, aesthetician. Uh, esthetician. That, I mean, that's just beauty. You know what? But that, but what they do can destroy yourselves yeah. and damage your, your yeah. So you you. But the day is coming. I decree and declare it by the Holy Ghost. This label snatching, title grabbing is going to end. I decree that from my seat of authority in the Lord Jesus Christ, because God is going to bring a healthy skepticism to his body. They're going to have a healthy skepticism and because you all have suffered. You have been running from pillar to post, running from conference to this to that, and you walk into the same thing just with a different address and a different cast of characters. You still haven't gotten to where you want to be in God. And you've been conditioned not to want more. You've been conditioned not to want more, not to want better, not to want longer. I mean, I just don't don't see why it takes that long. It it doesn't take long for Satan to do anything. You know, you could tear a building down in a day. You can blow a city up in a day. In less than 30 seconds, a tornado or a severe storm can level a city. But it's going to take decades to restore it. This is wisdom. And see, you know, one of the things that the church lacks is wisdom. We have a lot of information that we're calling inspiration and we're calling revelation. But I'm telling you, I decree and declare from my seat of authority, God's going to topple all of this and he's going to strip the fakery so you will know because you don't have a fighting chance to choose whether you want the true or false. Right. Right. You don't I mean they're taking away your right to choose. Your right to decide to follow the truth false or the truth. They they they're denying you your privilege of being able to say I don't want that truth or I like the fi- the glitz and the glam of this false. And none of it is treating your soul and I say to you, I'm doing this. I've been on this journey with the soul for I don't, I can't even tell you how long, probably decades. But I've been on the journey with the soul. And one of the things I do know is that the church does not work on your soul. We leave that to the psychics, right. and we need leave that to the secularists. And yet, it's your soul that decides whether you spend heaven or hell with Jesus Christ. It's your soul. Jesus' soul went to hell. It's important that you hear me. Jesus' soul went to hell. What makes you think your cute little soul ain't going? Ah. If the soul of the maker who made souls was sent to hell because sin was, your sin was put on him. He didn't even have his own. He he Jesus didn't take a piece of his sin to, the, to hell. He didn't have any to take. So because his sin, soul, Went to hell because of your sin what makes you think you're not going to hell for your sin see we don't teach this gospel we don't teach it the way it is jesus listen to me because it's important uh and and i'm I'm on the journey on sunday talking about the biotic gospel and if you had an opportunity to listen to me over the last couple of weeks we talked about sporal genesis and the new creation and the new birth being by the spores of the holy ghost and, and that is what came to the planet when Pentecost happened. Jesus brought more, rather I'll say the Holy Spirit, brought more than tongues of fire. He brought more than the tongues and the fire. He brought you and me. We were held in the vault of eternity until the lamb, the blood of the lamb, created a way for God to no longer walk around us, but to be in us. And he enters us. And the purpose of your new creation spirit, if you're not having a deathbed conversion, that purpose is to convert your soul. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Soul conversion is what this is all about. And you all are not getting that. Mm-hmm. These people can't convert your soul because they're unconverted. Right. And so God puts every apostle who thinks they're going to jump in that office. He puts them through a, 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 a what I call a midnight trial. Peter spent this two men spent three days and nights in hell. Jesus in the literal hell and Peter in his physical or solical hell because he rejected Jesus Christ. So three men went through torment. Excuse me, two men through torment. And so when Jesus rises from the dead, he knows Peter has been in darkness. He knows Peter has been tormented. But before it happened, he told Peter he was going to do it. He said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired you to sift you as wheat. Every apostle has got to be sifted by Satan. So this is not about quantum quantum leaping. This is not about title snatching and label grabbing or vice versa. This is 100% about can you pass Satan's final exam? And I know that a lot of these people have not even gone to the test. They've been dodging it, dodging it by quitting when it got hard and, and dropping out and breaking their word and, and stealing and plagiarizing and all of the things that they think is getting them out of Satan's exam when in fact it is the exam and they're not passing. You, you spend time with this ministry so you can take that this one stuff and then you go spend time with something else. So you can steal their material and then you go on and on and on. And so you're a hodgepodge of theft. Calling it your anointing. But you don't care. But and I know those who've done it and a lot of them are not in ministry today. They've done it to me and they're not in ministry today. They're underground today or they're underground. And I tell you why this is you you, when you make it about a person, you have automatically elevated that person above God. Because you act as if God is not looking out for his own best interest, that God is not going to take care of himself. What God wants to do, God will crush anything. Let's look at Israel coming out of Egypt. God will crush anything that's gonna stop what He's going to do. That is why so many people are going to leave us this year and have left us and will be leaving us in droves. Do you think all of those people who died was some sort of mystery to God? That was not a mystery. A lot of those people had did deeds just like these people are doing. And when God is finished with a little bit he wants to get out of them, they're gone. Now my job. I, and I'm I'm very clear on my job. I am a chief apostle. I don't care what the devil says. As a matter of fact, the devil will tell you I'm a chief apostle. Because he knows. Because he's dealt with chiefs. He's dealt with principalities. He's dealt with sovereigns. So I don't have an identity crisis. But what I will say is that I can jot and tittle everything God gave me to do. I can tell you that I can assess you. And and this is all about what Jesus wants to do. I can assess you, I can vet you, I can educate you, I can protect you, I can even resurrect you. Because that is the power given to me. Now, Jesus said that when he rose from the dead, he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Mm -hmm. And then he talked about, it has been granted to me to do this, I cast out devils, I forgive sins, I do this, I do that. And Jesus came as a prophet. So how much more the apostle? You don't know that Jesus was upgraded to an apostle after he died. I know that's worth a good lunch. Woo. I just want y'all to understand. See, when you read, because see, you have, apostles are known for having supernal wisdom. Wisdom that comes from God's realm, wisdom that only comes from that. The wisdom of an apostle is not the same as the wisdom of a prophet, and the wisdom of a prophet is staggering. Staggering. We know that from Isaiah 11, 1 through 5. But that apostle is going to bring you that pre, pre-life, pre-earth, eternal earth. Afterlife wisdom and plug it into what that prof- prophet gave you, because prophets are about curing and converting your soul. That's why they talk the way they speak. That's why they can answer questions about human makeup and all of that. <clears throat> but Jesus came to the planet and he served three and a half years as an apo- as a prophet. We don't know he became a prophet, an apostle until Hebrews 3 and what made him an apostle was Pentecost when he went into all nations because he didn't need to be sent to his own nation right. but when, when he went global he became the the great apostle mm-hmm. the apostle to the nations oh I'm going to hit something yeah. Yeah. I'm going to hit that in a little bit a yeah. little, little something so you understand that apostleship <clears throat> It's not, you know how to keep telling us we don't have apostles for today and all of that. That's people who are, who are processing according to the flesh. <clears throat> now, how do I know that? Because I'm a chief apostle. I am the Paula of this hour. My God. Because I keep giving y'all stuff you never put together, never thought of, didn't figure it out. And I'm talking about some of the highest thinkings in the planet that I value and cherish immensely. So apostleship is Jesus' posthumous calling, his posthumous promotion. Now, the Greeks had apostles. And they were sent to proselytize or convert people to their religion. Jesus is the apostle of redemption. And he was sent to pull out of all nations the people that god said he were, he was making for his namesake so apostleship is not about before moses it's about after christ that is why paul writes in hebrews moses was faithful in all of god's house but jesus was faithful in his own house because he is the building he's the house hmm. so up until that time it was about prophets And prophets are about the soul. Apostles are about the eternal spirit. The new creation. And they got that from the prophets. And I've been saying it, and I'm, we're going to keep going over this information and going over this so that you can vet the prophets in your life. And vet the apostles. Stop not vetting these people. Stop. You can find me all all over Facebook. I'm kind of like what Jesus said. He said, I don't know why you're acting like I was in secret. I told you everything openly. I was in your synagogues. I was in your temples. I was in your public square telling you everything. Mm. Because the uniqueness of the apostle is they know the eternal version of all creation. That is a big, that's a big deal. Would you say prophets? because the these these are uh, the apostolic people are the fruit of the apostles you can't be apostolic without an apostle in your life beyond being born again because everyone is born again that's why he wrote it in 1st Corinthians 12 every christian is apostolic not apostles apostolic every christian is prophetic That is why we have this first apostle, second, third. You need to get this. I'm trying to help you all defend yourself because you're not doing a really good job of protecting yourself against falsehood and falsity. You don't even call and get references. Jobs call and get references all the time. Are you kidding? Sororities, fraternities call and get references. Doctors get references. They go to the doctors that you said that you went to. Everybody checks the past and the past of people that are in their present. I'm going to say it again. Everybody, at least every prudent wise person will. They will check the past and the path of who's standing in their present. They don't take things as fate's value. Yet somebody can tell you I'm being elevated to the past. And you're like, "Woo!" like they've done something. You don't even know what it is. You're just thinking, well, you think something's great is happening to them. Well, something great may be happening to them, but something terrible is about to happen to you through them. And you should know how it's going to land on you. How is it going to affect you? Not just in the, in the ministry. You need to know about God because God's not with these people. That is why you're not getting the signs of an apostle. Hmm. And, and most of them have told you, not. don't even look for the signs. That's, that's outdated. But if that's outdated, so is apostleship. Right. We can't hair split on this thing. And a lot of these are failed prophets. Check their records. They failed as prophets and they're covering their failure with a false promotion. Now, ask you, I ask you in your job. Ask yourself, how many people failed on your job, got promoted? How many people is your job looking for right now who failed them in the past and bringing them back to promote them? So do you really think that's God? Those who know they're God. See, and when you know God, the first thing you say is, God, what am I hearing? Who am I hearing from? What am I seeing? And people will tell you back 30 years, 35 years, I've been the same. I've developed all of these things. I've got manuals, textbooks, assessment systems. I've got evaluators. I've got fruit. We've got a a counseling agency. I've got the fruit. I'm bearing the fruit of apostleship. Not stealing and snatching anything from anybody. I'm like Paul. What I received, I did not receive by man. I received it from Jesus Christ. That is my claim to... Fame as his apostle. I'm a thronal agent. How Jesus thinks is how I think. How he feels is how I feel. What he likes, I love. What he hates, I I can't stand. I am Christ in this body personified, and that is what makes me an apostle. You're not an apostle because you grab a title. Paul even tell you you're not even an apostle because because you do great work. You're apostle because you're conducive to what Jesus needs in that domain. You were built, constructed. To be conducive to the first officer of his kingdom I just thought I'd share that so you all because I'm, 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 here's what God is saying don't come to me when they tell when to tell him they hurt you they lied to you they misrepresented themselves they cheated God said I don't want to hear it you do your own due diligence your due diligence is to, to discover their best practices. That is your due diligence. And you need to do that for yourself, for your company, for your business, for your family. Bible says, know those who labor among you. And he talks and Scripture, Paul mentions false apostles. These are false apostles. What does that mean? That means they snatched the title. They grabbed it. They assumed it. Someone some someone lesser than them elevated them. Someone lesser than them elevated them because we think that it doesn't make a difference what people are or what they attain in the world is what we look at them as in the church. So you could be the janitor in the world. But if you're the if you're the bishop in the church and even that is questionable, then you can make them what you want. No, but people promotion comes from above. It's not lateral. If it's lateral, it's not a promotion. So you're talking about a lateral move from one failure to the next failing opportunity. You know, Jesus said, I will destroy them with the rod of my mouth. Somebody has to make it make sense so that you can see what's going on. I'm very concerned about God's people. I'm concerned about the fact that anybody can tell you all anything. You believe any lie, you're gullible, and you want to be that way because you've been primed to be gullible. Not because you were born ordained to be. You are primed to be gullible. And so you sit there and and, and these people assume that they can deceive you because they have been. But let's talk about the lying spirit that was in the mouth of all of Ahab's prophets. See, because these people are still running in a lying spirit. But do you know what a lying spirit is? Do you understand it? Do you know the attributes, the, the tactics, the expressions of a lying spirit? No, because you will only know a lying spirit by the false behavior. So God, this is heaven. Hey, I'm I'm ready to get rid of Ahab. I'm sick of him. I want him off my planet. He's not asking humans. He did not send a human assassin after Ahab. He sent a spiritual assassin to stage Ahab's death. Okay, she want me to hold on. Here. I keep getting to hold on. Did you want to get another button, a bell or something? Oh, yes. He did not say, who What? Who can we send? You understand a person can only be assassinated if God releases the spiritual agent to facilitate and stage that assassin. That is why you, they, they tried to get rid of Jesus. God knows they tried. He said, my time's not now. Didn't he say that? He said, no. Nah. And he told Herod. Herod's trying to trick him, to, wants to deceive him by bringing him into his court. He said, go tell him, bring him here so I can see some miracle. Tell him, come do some tricks for me. Jesus said, go tell that fox. He said, I cast out devils and pre- perform cures today and tomorrow and the third day I will be perfected. And, 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 and closed minded interpreters changed that. He meant Perfected. He meant whatever it's going to take for me to serve as the sacrificial lamb for all humanity will be finished. I will be fully cellulated as a living sacrifice, and I'll be finished with the duties that contribute to that cellulation. See, I still got a little more in me. When when Jesus says He had a little more in Him, He said, "I have a few more souls that I must heal. I must deliver." I must touch a few more people. I must disseminate this gospel to this biotic gospel to. So he wasn't talking about Well, I'm just he's terminating. He's he's completing or finishing. He was talking about he everything that would make him the perfect sacrifice would be done in three days. But he said, go tell that fox. Why? Because Herod wanted to get him in his government, in his authority, get him in his his domain so he can kill him ahead. Because Jesus tells you he knows what he's trying to do. He said, because it won't do for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. And so he's telling you he's a prophet. So when Paul calls him an apostle in Hebrews 3, it's because he's now sent to the nations by the Holy Ghost. But let's get back to Ahab. I know you thought I forgot Brother Ahab. I did not. And what happened was that all of those spirits had to audition. How come these people don't have to audition? All of those spirits had to audition for the uh, the assignment of killing Ahab, making him lose the war, war and relieve, um, getting him off the planet. So, and it says this. First Kings says it. First Kings thirteen, I believe. Um, I believe that's what it is. If not, you'll check it out. I'm sure somebody will. So, but all of these spirits are. I'll do it. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll do this, and they were all proposing how they would spiritually engineer Ahab's demise. See, this is why you all got out the Bible before you learned it. So you don't know that God thinks more like you think he should than he than you would give him credit for. So he goes and he's out, you know, and one spirit comes up. And now remember, God says thousands upon thousands, thousands minister to him. So can you imagine the roar? As they all pitch what they're going to do. I'll do it, I'll do it, i do it, i do I got it, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. I'm going to kill these kids, I'm going to burn this house, I'm going to do I'm going to, and all of a sudden. But God doesn't put anybody on assignment that cannot tell him the task. So he finally, finally, he hears through the roar of all of these spirits. Imagine that dramatized chief. He's his, they're all around his throne and all of them bidding, not because they get paid or don't get paid, but because they get the glory of doing something for the almighty. And it's not just the good angels, as we call them, because the angel that won the contract was a liar. He said, I'll do it. His, and the way he said it, it broke through the roar because he said the truth. Can you imagine the lying spirit said the truth? He said, oh, will you? And he said, yes. He said, so how are you going to do it? So you need to know your God and then you won't be tripped up as much. He said to him, how are you going to do it? He said, I'm going to go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. Now he's in a heavenly meeting with the almighty righteous God who's on the throne bidding for a contract to take down the head of a nation he's with the good angels and the bad angels because in heaven that doesn't matter because they all work for god so when god needs a little dark work he goes to devils <laughs> a little dark work <laughs> okay First uh, so Kings 22, okay, 13 was the Jeroboam one about the temple. First Kings 22. So I want you to hear this because this is very important. So God says to him, he said, go and do it. What did he say? You're the one, you know what's to be done. You know why I'm doing it and you already know how to do it. You see, credentials matter even in sin and error. He knew. And how did he know? God knew he was the one because he was the spirit that was already doing it. He was the spirit that was telling all of those prophets in that conference that, hey, Abraham, thus saved God. God's going to win. You're going to do this and you're going to do that. Because, you know, those prophets had the God, you know, national prophets had to gather around the head of state, the sovereigns of the land. So that they can get assignments for the land. But it's also said the sovereign can hear with the land. You know, that's what Biden got with the witches and the warlocks and the psychics. I just want to say. And so, but God said, I know you're the one. Because even though you're the lying spirit, you're telling the truth. You You have already been the lying spirit. Seducing and deceiving this man to fight a war. He can't win. I'm just saying. So he said he was a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. That, uh, why? Because God starts everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Baby, even a even a nation's destruction begins. <laughs> See, don't you have to know God to know who He is? And none of this speaks to you if you think God is Pastor Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, because then you feel like God. There are things that God won't do to His church that He wouldn't have a problem with doing in His world. Wow. So this spirit goes out, and He begins to, okay, He begins to do His job. So what is His job? Do you want to know how that is? How He's, know. okay. his job he comes out and his lies manifest manifest as motivational speaking it manifests as encouragement false encouragement false bravado it manifests as promises of reward it manifests as fluffing and flattering the ego it manifests See, you need to understand you don't even know what a lie is So how are you going to recognize a lying spirit? And it also manifests as celebrating your breach from rigidity, religion, okay, legalism, you know, uh, and all the other things that you are. So it tells you you are superior because you're not like those who are keeping righteousness. Your wrong is actually going to win you the war. See, that's what a lying spirit sounds like. Go on to do it. It gives false permissions. It gives false affirmations and confirmations. And it does all of that to make sure that it can go back to its next meeting with the Almighty and said, I've done what you sent me to do. Ahab is dead and his prophets are discredited. I'm just saying. So you think, you know, you cannot judge anything on earth by how it's affecting humanity, how it's changing time or affecting uh, the modern days. Uh, You know, you cannot do that. You have got to judge it by how it's affecting God and how what may God cause it to be. Why didn't we get divine intervention? Actually, we did. We got Trump. He was divine intervention. But the lying spirit convinced you otherwise. The lying spirit in the mouth of all of Satan's prophets. They convinced you otherwise. So you chose today. You chose the crises of today. You chose new, right? New, And there is war in the gates. You shifted your God. You switched out the God of life for the God of death or the Prince of Darkness, which you actually celebrate. Come on, in a couple of days, you're going to be celebrating the Prince of Darkness. You Christians, quote unquote, y'all going to be celebrating Satan's birthday and then condemn us for celebrating Christmas. Uh, Lying spirit. A major principality has been unleashed on this nation and on this generation and its job is to see to it that Satan has a huge uh, population in hell because you can't get back to heaven so you will be his subjects because you've been his subject now you prefer the lie because the lie fits your confusion, your delusion and your resistance and your desires you really believe that these people who have never done what they said is somehow going to get a change of heart. If they do, it's because they're born again and they're not looking to do that. <laughs> so you follow these folks. And, and the lie will all, you know, this is, this is a real internal, do I, am I filled with the fullness of the Godhead issue? The liar is going to tell you that the truth is a lie. And the truth is going to tell you that the liar is the liar. Here's how to know the difference. You should know them by their fruit. See, it's, it wasn't hard for you to discern the difference. Healthy, prosperous America, on the brink America. You understand, that's not hard. It is not hard. So now you understand who, where the truth is. It's not hard. Are you living or are you dying? Are you working or are you not working? Are you getting paid to not work so that you're gonna be a a, a a subject of the state when this is over? Because p- there's no such thing as free money. No such thing as free money, free lunch. I'm t- Nothing, p- listen, power and prosperity are costly. So you can take all of those checks all day long and they got the nerve to tax you with money they gave you not to work. <laughs> I'm like, how are you going to tax me on money? that? Because t- I was already going to be taxed. Because there's nothing free. And you need to ask yourself, what are they going to exact upon my, my citizenship when this is over? Because there is a plan to get that money back. You're going to pay that devil because sin has a wage. Okay, so you may not be getting a professional wage, a job wage, but you are getting a wage. So this is important because you are being used to work against the existence of your nation. But that's a whole other thing. We talk about that at another time. But I want you to get out of all of this. It is your job to start questioning these people. Coming out of nowhere. And, and coming to you head empty, heart empty, hands empty, telling you they're your apostle. They're being elevated. They're your prophet. They're being promoted, ordained. Can't, can, cannot do anything but predict the future because they don't have the faculties or the expanse of the office at their disposal. The office is not at their disposal. Now I'm just saying this and I'm I'm keep saying it because I don't really care at this point because I'm telling you, you will, you, you and your family will rue the day you accepted that lie at face value. You will rule the day because when God judges, look at, look at what we have now. Look at all of the people who said all of this stuff and they're falling and they're dying and they're sick. And they're, they're, they're in all manner of calamity. They all, and guess what? The people who believe them are suffering too because their credibility is now suspect. Now the person who, the one or two who said that ain't God, they looking real clean. All of a sudden, and and, and, but you couldn't tell them then. Why? Because the carrots that were dangled, the gold and the glitter, it wiped away. It literally wiped away your common sense and your sense of self-preservation and caution. Because you thought stuff would be enough. Now, here we are about to take some real major hits in the church. And you know what? They, They should have fallen on their own. On their own sword, but instead they fell on you who happens to be the sword. So your people are going to remember that you were wrong about so-and-so and and you were wrong about thus-and-what and you were wrong about this one and you left that one and you lied on this and they're going to find the lies. And I promise you, this here will not turn out well. Now that is what Jesus said. Now you ask me why am I saying that? He said, "What I say to you in the ear, he said, noise aloud, noise abroad." I'm doing this because I've already—I've been with these people. I've been around. They've done whatever, whoever, whatever they could do. And While I was in the hopper getting groomed for to be able to do this, yeah, I was in baby, I was in the cave, I was in the water, I was in the fire, I was in the storm. I mean, you know, I don't even know what planet I was on to be honest with you, but. Instead of turning bitter toward him, I became potent and I became confident. And now I know I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, I have graduated my class. And this is and I am one of those who are in God's future in the lead. I often say we used to say, I I wonder how many people Apostle Ashley were with Joyce when she was coming up and going through I wonder what they said when the girl went like global in a major way how about Jake's and I wonder how they're explaining away the fact that they didn't see it and they didn't believe it huh and cursed exactly and the more they cursed the more God blessed huh so I just I, I wanted to give you that because you all are getting ready to be inundated with people who have failed as prophets, who have now are now telling you they're promoted to apostles. Jesus got his first six, um, um, at least his first six prophets or apostles from the pro- John the prophet, because God starts everything with a prophet. I keep saying it, so these people are leaving the office. Well, I won't even say that. I will say the sphere of the prophetic (laughs) because they weren't in the office, but they're leaving the sphere of the prophetic to jump up into the sphere of the apostle. And I want you to understand there are angels and devils lining up to vet them and to prove them. And by the spirit of God in me, I release them to go to work on these liars. And I release them to go to work. I summon them to go to work. I summon them to vet them as, as cruelly as they can. I release them. I mean, don't tell me I can't do that. Paul turned Alexander and Hymenaeus over to Satan. I'm doing the same thing. That they learn not to blaspheme. Because they're blaspheming the Holy Ghost. And I don't care where they are in the planet. This edict is coming out of my mouth. For, And be quick about it in Jesus name. Then you will know the difference because right now you don't know who's who. So God has to try one and triumph the other. That's what I'm summoning. And that's what I release in Jesus name. Amen. Isn't God good? So we're still at prophecy clinic. (laughs) You thought it was over, didn't you? Well, you know, we the pastor's mantle is don't touch, don't speak, don't judge, don't publish, don't criticize, don't correct. That's the pastor. And that's some, because I know some pastors, whew, I'm like, y'all got to be apostles and prophets in disguise. I'm sure of it. Okay. <laughs> because there are pastors who will tell you, if you need to go, go. But you're not going to leave your poop in my sheep. You're not going to do that. They're not going to eat your trash. And so, I just, you know, I want to say that. So, we're talking about, <laughs> no, because they be pooping in your field. And guess what? Your sheep are eating it. <laughs> okay. Well, isn't that what happens? Yeah. And then your little sheep, your cattle, walking around, eating all of this poison feces, this poison manure. Okay, we'll say that. they boo. How much they Yeah, said it, but, yeah I, it is what it is, you know. And so, if you look on the screen, we're talking about the prophetic Ed Clinic. We're talking about the uh, soul restoration. We're talking about addiction, bondage, captivity, and dependency. Trust me, there are there are these a lot of these people are depend dependent upon self aggrandizement and vainglory. So you are actually going to be ministered to by vainglory. Because wow. that's all they got. Aspirations for something they have no inspiration for. Now, and then uh, and the other thing, God starts everything with the prophet. We put the prophet under the microscope. We're going to walk you through it. And we're going to go into our scripture, and I'll keep saying it. Hosea 12, 10, and 13. I have also spoken by the prophets, and I have multiplied visions and used similitudes by the ministry of the prophet. I've said to you before, in that, over that, write the word hand, because the word for ministry there is hand, which is why they concluded with the fivefold. And then 13. And by a prophet, the Lord, by a prophet, did anybody hear that wasn't an apostle? Moses couldn't be an apostle because he wasn't going to the nations. He was going to his nation. And by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet, he was preserved. Now, if you want to understand the full scope of the prophet outside of prophesying, then you need to take and break down that word preserved in Hosea 12. 13. You need to take your time and see what a prophet does in your life before you decide that they're all liars. The the people you're getting rid of are not prophets, they're prophesyers. That's why they only predict. Mm -hmm. They move by the gift of prophecy, not the occupation and discharge of the office, because the gift belongs to the individual. And the office belongs to the institution. I wanted you to get that. We've talked about this, these three, we've seen them. Moving along, God's divine communications, we're gonna see this again. Practitioner. And above this before practitioner is just the office occupant. So you'll you'll see all of these, these dimensions and, and and get it, practitioner, specialist. The specialist is that prophet that will always heal under pretty much every circumstance. Or the other prophet that'll come and up money obeys this prophet. That is their mantle because that is what their spirit is is comprised of. That's the main and the main faculty that they have. And then you've got the other ones who will always uh they'll always be there for community. I mean, and, and then others will handle spiritual warfare and, and wars that should that are, are, are almost on the books that happen. This prophet's mantle will halt it by reassigning the principality that's maneuvering it. Or staging it. And then we have the master and we have the agent, the officer and the actionizer. So these are the things that we are looking at to bring out to differentiate the office from the gifting. Even now, the reason people are still saying gifting is because that's how they were trained. They weren't trained to occupy an office, to discharge an office, to pursue and fulfill a commission. None of that language has been in the vernacular or the academics or scholastics of these messengers, of these five folders. They don't know that language. They're talking about they're operating a gifting. And and, and because it's their gifting, they're letting you know it's subject to nothing. Because it's their gift. If I want to prophesy, I prophesy. And if I want to say it's prophecy, I'll call it that, even though it's gibberish. (laughs) Foolishness. They had spent all this time because they knew something was kind of off. They spent all of this time trying to justify their gifting instead of just exploring what is wrong. Where is it falling short? So here we are with God still not having enough official prophets on his staff to handle the issues or counteract the psychics, the preponderance of psychics and de- diviners and clairvoyance and all of that, he doesn't have that. He doesn't have. We don't have Daniel. Where is Daniel? I want Daniel. Hey God, I want Daniel. Okay, I mean Ezekiel's a pretty tough call. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people want the Ezekiel call yeah people I don't hear people crying to be Ezekiel and yet Ezekiel got to embody the entire future of God's kingdom. He got the temple, he got the walls, he got all of that you know but I would I would like to, how, how about Isaiah where is brother Isaiah? where is his mantle is here? who is wearing it? Elijah Elisha see we don't have that Deborah holder. Miriam, Anna, we can go on. So this is our template. This is our model. And yet we don't have that. And you know why? Because there's no training to produce that product. Because education is to produce a product, a human product, to handle human issues and affairs, to occupy human stations. We don't have that. Instead we have people running around talking about I see this on you and I see that on you and the Lord has shown me that this is happening and that is happening and a lot of you all are mad because well it didn't happen and you think they're wrong some of them may have been right but they gave you the sense of the of the immediate when it was actually going to be an extensive thing. And we've all had to go through those gates. But what if we what if we could get God the number of trained prophets who start as occupants, move into practitioners, pop out in specialists, turn up as masters, move out operate as his agents, his officers that actionize his will in this age, in this era. What if we did that? What if that happened? What would you be willing to do for that to happen for the Lord? Or are you just interested in just gathering your your little following and getting the coins and pennies that they send you? I don't care if you got millions. Who's to say you weren't supposed to get billions? You don't know what you lost. Wow. Because you're gambling. Oh, wow. You're gambling on your calling and you being in charge of your calling versus the destiny that God wrote for you before the foundation of the world. So Let's just get a little, we're going to get Prophetic Ed Prophecy Clinic, the prophet's office. Prophets are inspectors. That is why when I train my prophets, I have to train them not to be critics all the time. Because it it's not just natural, it's reflexive that the prophet's eye is going to find all of the blanks, the flaws, the faults, and et cetera. That's what they're going to do. And then we train them. Why? Because they are analysts. Prophets are analysts. We happen to know one that's a real high analyst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it works. That uh, that mantle works on that analyst. Yeah. So and, and, and many of your occupations are better off when you understand yourself as a prophet. So, so you know, we look at um what is it, prophet Marie? Same thing, and so. Prophets are analysts. They are going to analyze everything. They're going to ask you the questions you don't want to answer. And then you want to get an attitude because you're religious. Now you want to call us religious. You're religious because you're like, this ain't church. No, this is life. Prophets are life agents. That, so some are assigned to the church, others are assigned to business. We have 12 roles of 12 types of prophets, and uh, what several roles. I don't ever remember how many. You, know, you all have grown that thing up since I've done it. So, types, you know, w- mm-hmm. so, and, and you need to understand that it is natural for a prophet to be inquisitive, and and, and and you have to tell them come down from interrogation to interview. Come, come on, come down. <laughs> okay, come down, come down need to bring you down <laughs> okay because you you could get a little bit but that is their basic nature because a prophet is not a prophet because somebody educates you recognize you calls you or summons you you're a prophet because god birthed your spirit with the spirit of the prophet he enmeshed the spirit of the prophet in your human spirit so all your lifetime it's been breeding waiting for you to well wake up and become alive to it being there as an it's a real entity a real being it's like a sub entity of your overall makeup so is the spirit of everyone Every person's career who's called to a career, trust me, that thing has been talking to them all their lives. Dreams, visions, coincidences, crossing paths with people who keep saying it and others who are doing it and you're feeling excited or drawn in by it. That's how you know. So these people who are telling you that they're this or that, you should ask them. Because you're not a prophet because you became an adult. You're not an apostle because you grew up. You manifest. Paul said that God separated him from his mother's womb as as an apostle. Now, you're an infant. Jesus was not Messiah because he turned 30. He came to the planet as Messiah. Messiah. As Savior and Redeemer, as a judge of the quick and the dead, as he upon whom the government's, whose shoulders the government will rest. You are who you are because it came out of your mama's womb. Now, whether people handled it, tended it to it or not, that's a whole other thing. So you can't just adopt the actions of an apostle. And that's what these people are doing. It's adoptive to them. It's adoptive with their inability to be adaptive. So they can't adapt to the office because no matter what they wrap themselves in, it's like putting on a a person's uniform or a business's uniform does not make you their officer. You're just attired, outfitted. That's it. Because in God's realm, outfits were for the seen and unseen world to know who's who under those garments. And he empowered the outfit. Well, we got to get it right. So these are my two books. I'm going to add my other one up there. But these are some scriptures that you might want to deal with in terms of understanding how God thinks. I'm going to do a series on how God thinks. You're going to like it. Because we don't know we have we have a whole course saying God's a thinker and and it's uh, it's part of our university program, but we I, I'm going to do excerpts of you because you need to know how did I get this information how did I become this person? what did I do differently that made me who we are? what what about me made God know he can share his soul with me like that because many of you want it. But you want to do it on the old paradigm, in the old model, in the old template. And God said, behold, I do a new thing. The former things are no more. So you need to figure out what the former things are so you stop doing those. And stop looking for those and putting your faith in that. So you need to understand that and figure out what the new thing is. Because it's the new thing that God's getting people groomed for. It doesn't matter what you call it or don't call it, how you feel about it, the bottom line is that God is doing a new thing. Now, he'll do it with you. He'll do it without you. He'll do it aside you, beside you, or he'll do it over you. And you have to, you have to understand you're stuck because you want credit for the old. So you, the old, let me tell you, all educational processes give you the old as a primer, as a conditioner, as a prerequisite. And you want to be degreed on the prerequisite. So when you come into those who are called to the next thing God is doing, you're fighting them and you're resisting them. And then they get lashed because they don't recognize your former glory and your old achievements. And and, and we do if they have done something. You ever notice that the people who give you the most grief are the people who've done like zippity-doo-dah, nada, nada thing. You don't have a following. Oh, you got you put your little landing page up. That's it. Get your cards. to 501c3. If you're going to stand up, do something. Have something to show. Stop telling us to take your word for it. Do something. Have followers. Have a ministry. Have something. And have had it a while. Your first six months, three months in ministry count for nothing. All of that's orientation. You don't then you move from orientation to knowledge and know-how. From there to competency, to uh, first of all capability before knowledge and know-how, and then competency, you get good at it. And then after that, you get to master it. And so you can't even do the same thing well more than once in a row. Experts are interesting because they can make the cause the same results to happen every time they do it you get the same thing. Norman and I were talking, Where is she, oh, there you are. We were talking about a restaurant. We fell in love with this restaurant. It was really wonderful. We went, but we went one time too many. Because now the time has turned and, and it's no longer what it was. So I said to them, I said, it's a really great restaurant. They're really great people. I said, but the issue is their turnover requires them to have a manual. Because if you are in business and you have a lot of turnover, you have to have a way to keep the continuity of your service, the consistency of your service. You've got to have that tool so that the new person comes in and training is not just just follow me, watch me and do what I do. If you want to be good and you want to be taken seriously and if you want to be replicatable, you need manuals for your people god felt that he gave us the bible now we don't want to read it okay. what? <laughs> but it's, there. it's there. and i said to them if they just had a manual with their recipes with their ingredients with their their amounts their measures if they did that how long to cook it whatever then it wouldn't make a difference who came or who left the 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 customers would never know that there was a different cook in the back, right. or a different server. Many of you, you you ju- you want to run on what God told you, and not how you applied it. Well, this—I mean, God called me to it, yeah. But God also called David to be a king, and guess what? He made him go to war. He ran him out of his country. He put him on the run. He made him put him on the hit list of the nation, and all of that was to make David a king who could keep that which was entrusted to him. See, God, your keeping class is not just your pocketbook, your vault, your closet, and your locker. See. But the keeping class is your retention, is your re- persistence, your perseverance, your perseverance and your resilience. You, God knows you're a keeper because you keep coming back. See, keep coming back. When you watch a major uh, competition, the one thing they keep trying to tell that they say to the loser, you keep getting up. You keep coming back. Keep is a powerful word for reigning. But you can't keep what you, didn't ca- when, what you didn't learn. You may have caught a lot, but you probably needed to be taught some things too. Because caught must blend with taught. Otherwise, you don't, you didn't, you don't know what it is. I mean, come on, you can catch a bug and, and that's fine. But you need somebody to teach you what bug is going to bite you and infect you. So caught and taught must be together. I just thought I'd let it be known. So there you go. Now, here we go. So we're moving into some. We just did Hosea. This is your training notebook. We just did him. Isn't this wonderful? So we're going to go and wrap it up on this last one. Can you see that? The apostles, the apostles preached from the prophets. So if if people are preaching what these prophets are saying, they're wrong in large part. And so false apostles are going to learn from and feast on false prophets. Because this is an eternal principle that apostles preach the prophets because that's the only scripture they had. Now, they had records about events. They had historical books. But Jesus Christ, who came as a prophet, who ordained prophets, and who instructed and articulated prophecies to the prophet, this man preached the prophets. You could tell people haven't read the New Testament with an uh, an open eye because they don't see this. Like they do, you read your Bible and you put your pastor in the in the place where prophet is mentioned. You put your elder there, the evangelist. You do not read the word prophet. You don't, and you don't. So all of the exploits of the prophets and all of the wisdoms and all of the the instructions and counsels and you actually credit the wrong officers with that in scripture and they let you do it because well it feels good because then if they hadn't let you do it guess what they would have told you we are church based on the apostles and prophets now we take our credibility not from popular doctrine or theology not from scripture wrangling doctrines of devils or seducing spirits we take our foundation and our premises from Scripture. Now, when you go to Scripture, Jesus told us what we could trust. Now, we added to things, but people do. God forgive us. But Jesus tells us in Luke, he canonized his own Scripture. He didn't say Bible, because there was no Bible then. The Bible is a book that should contain scriptures, but the Bible is a book and a book is a container, compiler, composer, container. So Jesus shows up and I I mean, I could just run through this whole chapter um, and just, but I'm not. Luke 24, 44, he canonized his own scripture. If you're an apostle, if you're a prophet, this passage should say a lot to you. It should say a great deal. And he said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you. I don't even want to play with that. I mean, can you play with that? you standing here, but you come back from the dead, you're standing here, you're eating lunch and whatever. talking about why you were. <laughs> okay. While I was, past tense was, I'm looking at you, but you was with us. But what he's saying is that when I was mortal and doomed like you. So he said, while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which are written. Now he's telling you him. This is him because we say the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. That is not what we say according to Revelation. He said, which were written in A, the law of Moses that your pastor told you was done away with. Number two, and in the prophets, not the sages, oh, come on. not the rabbis. I, I, I got no problem with rabbis. I want to meet some of them. I'd sit down and talk with them, but I haven't been able to cross paths with them like that. But he said prophets, and I'm sure that there are rabbis that are prophets. There sages that are prophets they're priests he didn't even say priests he said because priests are included in the law of moses so the law of moses and in the prophets and in the psalms concerning me he said through john chapter 8 he said you search the scriptures and in them you think you have eternal life he said what did he say after that does anybody know They are those that testify of me. So prophets, you see how the scriptures a perfect formula. Right. Prophets are how God started this thing, and He inducted Abraham as a prophet in Ur of Chaldea, in Babylon. Enoch, prophet. He prophesied, among other things, you know, I'll help us, Lord. The point that I want you to get is God starts everything with a prophet. And you're, you're throwing out prophets mean a lot of your life is not being started. A lot of your businesses are not being started because you need the starter fire and the starter wood, the kindling of a prophet. is not my word like a fire. Burns away all the chaff. You need the prophet's word, not just a prophecy. That's helpful. But that's not always ignitive. It's not always catalytic. So he said concerning me. Now, this is what he said. He tells them he canonizes the word. Now, you know, the New Testament is canonized because he comes back as the New Testament. Then open he their understanding that they might understand. The original is comprehend, which is a little bit more intense and more profound than understand. Comprehend, that means internally grasp, comp, with, in, prehend, meaning hen, apprehend, seek, comprehend, grasp, holder. In other words, we're now talking about biotic and cellulation that they may comprehend the scriptures. And he said unto them, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So now remember, Jesus came to earth as a prophet he died as a prophet. He said it wouldn't do for a prophet to be killed outside Jerusalem. And then he rose from the dead as a prophet. And then he ascended on high as a prophet. And he poured out your blood so he could fulfill the words of all the prophets. And Pentecost, Pentecost unveiled him as an apostle. So all of this here stuff that we're doing is from people who are assessing the scriptures by the flesh. I got nothing against it. So they're telling you what the old texts are saying. They're telling you what the Masoretic is saying. And what is the, the Septuagint saying? And then what are the? Well, he's kind of like the Esnes and the Ezings and all of that. All earth, all doom, all dark, all blind. Now, if they could have done it, the Son of God would not have had to come and say, let me go and do this myself. they messing up everything. He came as the author and the finisher. His incarnation revealed the author. His ascension revealed the finisher. So Jesus has to come by his own spirit and do that. Now, I'm going to get to the last one, and i got to get to the last one because you're going to be upset if I don't. The passage that that nails this, if you will, is Acts, hold on, where am I here? Did I get it? Did I write it down? Acts 3, isn't it? Normal, wasn't it Acts 3? Peter's preaching. I have to go. It's Acts 3, 23, um, 18 to 26, right? Okay. I'm. In, thank you. I thought so. Okay, so. But look at this. I I, I really love this. But those things which God before I highlighted the phrases that would make our point or underline them. Did you see that? But those things which God before had showed by the what? Mouth of all his prophets. Now, I just want you to hear me. He showed. How do you show by the mouth? How do you show by the mouth? So we're going on that Christ would suffer. He has so fulfilled. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing should come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus. Oh, my. Huh? See, Jesus hasn't been sent to these people. That's why they don't know him. Because they haven't converted. Jesus is like, I will. If you get it, I'm coming. I'm coming to make my home in you. I'm going to come and see. I'm sending Jesus in the person of the Holy Ghost, which would before preached to you. Not any old Jesus, but the one that was preached to you, whom the heavens must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God now see. In the beginning, they 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 showed us. I, 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 I would love for you all to give me your thoughts on that one. But now it says, what God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. And then it goes on, for Moses, Moses truly said unto the fathers, a prophet shall the Lord your God rise up. Unto you of your brethren or from among your brethren who is like me, unto me. Him ye shall hear in all things whatever he shall say to you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet. You understand that we messed over Jesus. These prophets act as if they have, that there was no template, that there was no no program. There was no, no framework, no infrastructure, so they could just do the prophetic in the New Testament as they want. And here it is. Who shall ever, whichever will not, I like this, that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold us of these things. Now you think about what was the breach between Moses and Samuel. Because Samuel is who established the institution, who organized it and structured it so that it would become what God ordained in the future from heaven. So Moses, and then we have this gap of prophetic, what are we ever doing, you know, till we get to Samuel. So Samuel is a very pivotal. In understanding the prophetic, because he was the the institutional one. Moses was the constitutional one. Samuel was the institutional one. Ye, now look at this. I just thought I I, I just wanted to just, just just you know shout on this one. Ye are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which made which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham. And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first, God having raised up his son, Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. This here establishes everything I just said. Add to this Luke 24, 44. And you got. God starts everything with the prophet. And these are not prophesiers. These are not predictors, which is how God was able to distinguish the predictor from the diviner. As a matter of fact, Samuel shifted the prophetic. Does anybody know what he shifted? The scripture said he who used to be called a seer. Yes is now called a prophet. I don't know how you feel about this, but when God made it clear to me what he was doing, I got what I never thought. And this he did, I don't know, maybe 25 years ago when I started writing. Because I promise you today, as I wrap up, this broadcast tonight I promise you that when you read your Bible you're going to be stunned at how many times you run across the word prophet the gospels are replete with prophets because Jesus came to the planet as a prophet he had to finish Moses's work and he came to do that that is why he said do not think that I've come to what the law to destroy the law but i came to what yeah. fulfill it so let me end on this reality how would he fulfill the law the law he's jesus i mean come on how will you do that he fulfilled the law by telling you i am the embodiment of it because i'm its author the law came out of my being and so everybody then And a little bit today, everybody then understood that a leader, a person, period, but a leader, it has the full embodiment of what it is that they're supposed to found. That is why it can come out of their head, their mind, their brains, their thought, and on and on. See, that's important. And I really want you to get that. Um, We will probably visit this again. But I need you to get it in your head. You are not angry with the God's prophets. You are having issues with the predictive prophesiers that have made you think that they were prophets. They failed you because, as Ezekiel says, they prophesied, predicted, and hoped their words would come to pass. Well, time to get. I I gave you give. You see how this works out. (laughs) I gave of God's table. I fed you manna from heaven. And now it is time for you to feed me from your material substance. So it's manna, material, manna, material. If you found this to be a blessing, please, by all means, sow seeds of encouragement. And some of you are doing a phenomenal job. I have some people who are just... Um, you know they they just a a blessing to me and i release the harvest on their seed i know a few of them have businesses by what they're sowing so i summon prosperity i summon abundance in your business i remove anything that would drain your resources or drain your prosperity i give you the best staff i give you the best vendors i give you the best neighborhoods i give you favor with the community favor even with the authorities in your realm so that you can continue to finance what God has sent me to do. I stand as a guard for you because you are guarding what God gave me to do. And so I bless you for that. I bless your family and I bless your homes. I bless somebody. I'm blessing your vehicle. You've been having a little trouble. I bless that whole vehicle situation. And so I thank you. If you find, they probably, they have it on the line by now. You can sow and sow your best seed and sow it to me as a chief apostle. Because I, I'm going to give you definitions, again, because people think I don't know. And, and it's really ironic about the church apostles. They think that it because they don't know, you don't know. Oh,
1: of course.
0: You know, they don't know what you're talking about. Well, I just don't know. I don't see anywhere in the scripture where it says a chief apostle. I'm like, but it's in scripture. So you haven't been there for a while. That's what that's all about. So. As I wrap this up tonight, share, 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 share again. Post. Let me know your thoughts. I love reading your thoughts. I'm one of those people. I do. I put on my on my least favorite movie, but that I can drop, you know, kind of lull on, and I go and I read my comments, and and I love them. And again, share, 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 share. If you're going to be in the Tulsa area, join us Sunday morning at eight o'clock for Sunday school. You will love it. It's not like your normal or your typical Sunday school. And then join us. At 10 a.m. for Sunday school. And we do have children's church. So bring the fam. Hey, God bless you. Think differently. Live powerfully. Good night.
1: Dr. Price should be on television because her wisdom is universal. Whether you're a Christian or not. Whether you agree or you don't. There is wisdom and eternal truths in everything she says. She's intelligent and not just emotionally reactionary. And so she's going to, let's just say, have a rebuttal against something. She has done her homework. And so it's not just shooting off emotionally and this is just what I believe and just you know, unbridled passion all over the place. She should be on television because the world needs her, not just the body of Christ. There are answers that she has taken the time, which a lot of people don't want to do, And paid the price and the sacrifice, like people in scripture. And it's time for the world, and the world is ready to hear that information. Oh, she's real. Dr. Price is real. That's the appeal. We just had a whole bunch of people in church on Sunday, and the overriding comment was, but she's just so honest, but it's just so truthful. And it's not just honesty to shock people and do whatever. She's honest about the Lord, honest about the Word, honest about us sitting in the seats, and herself also sitting in their seats. And and that's that's huge. You you don't even realize you don't hear the truth a lot until you hear it. And you're like, that's it. Right there. (laughs) I want you to do me a favor. I want you to visit www.takingiton.com taking it on is not just about a television show it is about getting around tables having discussions making connections shaking hands opening doors and you might be the solution or the open door to what god has told dr paul price and so as we continue to take it on we want to take it on with you partner with us at www.takingiton.com